Let me, yeah. Let me, let me give you some, some of the worldly news, and then we'll get to the good stuff. <clears throat> the Democrats are using police powers and are increasingly attacked on parents who are protecting their school children. There's an article on how the government transforms your child. They want them. A babysitter is charged after a toddler dies from a fentanyl overdose. Tulsi Gabbard leaves the Democrats and calls them out as elitist warmongers bent on dividing America and erasing our fundamental rights. Well, we declare they're not going to. The corrupt FBI offered a million dollars for dirt on Trump. I thought it was everywhere. Why did you need to pay for it, you know? They had it. Yeah. But a Mr. Anthony explains that the day of reckoning is here. How Big Pharma will achieve its goal for making the dangerous mRNA COVID vaccine mandatory for every child in America unless we act. I'm telling you, they want to take us over. They want to force things on us. This one was on an email this morning, and he's running against a guy that really needs to be beat, but he sounds to me like he's even worse. A liberal Democrat New York candidate released his own porn movie to demonstrate his sex-positive approach. That's in this nation. Lord, help us. Don't we need the Lord? And he's showing up. Randy, come share. I want Randy to share a little touch he got at the barn meeting. Facebook, are you ready for this? Okay, all right. Welcome, Facebook. We were sharing experiences that we all had at the barn, and I had such an experience that it was so profound, I couldn't even get it to come out. And, oh, okay. I was standing up front, you know, working as an usher, and uh, Rick was, had just prayed for somebody, and he had his hands up like this, and I was looking right in his eyes, but he wasn't looking at me. Suddenly his eyes changed, and they were clear, and I felt the power of the Holy Spirit, and it just washed over me like, a, like warm oil. God said, I see you serving me, Randy Jones. I see you. And, you know, he, he sees every one of us, and he knows our name. You know, and it's just, it was a yield on my part to yield that to the Lord and just say, I'm here, Lord. I'll, I'll do what you ask. That was all I had. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that awesome? See, just a word. I'm telling you, a word, a scripture can change your life. Lord, we just bless you. I want to start by reading some scripture this morning. I want to read out of the book of John, first chapter. <clears throat> Are we ready? 
Amen or oh me? In the beginning was the Word. I'm going to try just to read the Word and then preach the things the Lord's given me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That's Jesus. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life. And the life, that's everything you need, was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Then there was a man sent from God, and his name was John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was a true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. You imagine creating something and then it not paying attention to you. He came to his own. And those who were his own did not receive him. But as many, say but as many, as received him, have you received him? To them he gave the right to become children of God, even of those who believe in his name, who were born. Now we were all born, but it says, not of blood. In other words, the parents that birthed you doesn't make you a Christian. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. In other words, you can't will yourself to be a Christian. Nor of the will of man. No person can will you to be a Christian. But it's of God. You have to be born of God. One of my favorite verses is verse 14. And the Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. And John testified about Him and cried out saying, This was He whom I said, He who comes after me as a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. That's one of the few verses that talks about Jesus being God. Did you get that? No one has seen God at any time, but the only begotten God, that's Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Lord, I thank you for your word. Now, let's look at Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. 
You, you all know what this, you know these scriptures. This is one of Jesus' last words that he gave. This is where he met the disciples in Galilee after his resurrection. He came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has get, been given to me in heaven and on earth. Listen, he's got all authority. Go therefore and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I like to quote verse 19 as, As you go, as you go, we're to, we're to make disciples. Amen? It's amen or oh me. Come on now. Now, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's a pretty easy verse to read over and say, yeah, I got it. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And you can say, well, if I find somebody, I'll disciple them. But I take verse 20, and I say, God has commanded me to teach you. You're to teach others. You're to, you're to bring the ones you're discipling where God has taken you. There's always more. There's people know a lot more than me. There's people know more about you and whatever your prize, your, uh, your best job, your career, whatever you know the most about, there's always somebody else's got something else in it. There's always more in everything we do. Seems to me like the more you know about something, the more there is to know about it. But I want to talk about the barn meeting, and I want to talk about the go and make disciples. <clears throat> that Sunday night, they were, all the services were good. They were, the messages were great. Rick did a great job. But that Sunday night, as he started, and he, is he not a storyteller? Can he not use those stories? And he began to tell that story of that dream and he was in this big building. And he gets in that big building and he tries to find the light. And, you know, finally somebody kind of leads him around and talks to him about it. And he begins to see so much. And he talked about uh, places he'd been where revival broke out. And went for six months or a year. And I'd ask him before he came, if, can you stay? And he said, I will stay. And I know that night he was telling that story and he was really pondering because that was the first time he'd stepped in the barn because he kept looking at it. I mean, he was, he was saying, Lord, is this the place I dreamed about? And I talked to him about it afterwards. And he said, you know, I would think about that, about openings, and I'd look and I'd see those openings particularly on the south and I really thought maybe we're getting close but you know after that first night he didn't talk about extended meetings anymore he didn't 
Let me tell you, we're not hungry enough for revival. It's easy to get that barn ready. And I didn't preach last Sunday. I asked Angie to because I've really brought this before the Lord. I've really asked God about this. Lord, show me where I'm at in this. Show me where I don't hunger for you. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. What does it take? It's easy to say. You know, there's a saying, if you build it, they'll come. Well, let me tell you, that's not particularly true. There was a story in the Bible, and the Lord just reminded me of it here this morning. You know, that this king made a great banquet and invited their guests, and they were all too busy. You know what he ended up doing? Go out in the highways and hedges and compel them. Go get those that nobody else wants. Go get them. He gave that message. He sent that, that word out. Rick also made this statement. He quoted someone that said, Will America come to revival through revelation or desperation? I'm telling you, you know why? There's an underground church on fire in China, Iran, because it may have started out of desperation. I'm telling you, we live in the land of plenty, and if it's convenient, we'll do it. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, as a, as a church, we're too complacent. We have plateaued, amen or oh me, we have, we're, we've turned inward. There's more of a party gathering spirit than there is a hungering and thirsting after God. You can get a group follow you, you can have a big party. But I don't see anybody leading them. Let's have a prayer meeting and pray till Jesus comes. Or, or let's have a meeting. Let, what about leading people to Christ? Why are we here? Why did he put us on earth? Why did he choose us? And by the way, if you're like me, I always thought I chose him. But then I read in scripture, it says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And I ordained you. Are you a you? That you'd go forth and bear fruit. And that fruit was remain. And I didn't see very many sentient people that brought guests. I saw some. Where are they at? And I know it's hard to get them to come. I know it takes effort to get them to come. I've got a great nephew and his daughter to come. Part of that family to come. I've got other guests to come. But you have to work at it. Yes, but you're the preacher. Let me tell you, I did it long before I was a preacher. That, that says, talks about disciples. It doesn't say preachers. It, and I've told you stories. I've told you stories. James and Sandy aren't here today. They're with their grandkids. I've known James most of his life. Several years ago, I was at the bank. Sandy was the receptionist at the Exchange Bank for a long time. And I was talking to her. And uh, she said, well, Gerald, James don't go to church anymore. I said, he doesn't. So after that, I called James. And uh, we met out the restaurant when it was out west. And uh, we had tea. Well, we become 
good friends. I love those guys. And we met like that for a long time. That's where even where we met Sean Hayes, and that's where Sean got involved out of that. See, it's got to be a lifestyle. You've got to do it. I, I've never told James this. If he watches it, he'll find out. But Sandy and I probably agreed that day. And James started going to church. Well, he didn't come here. He didn't like the music. It was probably just an excuse. But he went to Avant to a church. Then he came to a church here in Skytook. Then he went to a church in Vera. Then and he's got here. And I don't know where he'll go next, but he's here now. But all that came out of, she said he won't go to church. Are, are we not his hands and feet? I, I've thought about this. Cain said, am I, am I my brother's keeper? You know, uh, I've missed opportunities too. Come on, I'm not saying I've always got it right. But I know a man that was in the hospital. He might have been here one time. I know he wanted me to come see him. We'd talked. And I never did get around to it. And I got a phone call one day from the hospital and said, he's died and you're the only person he listed that he knows. He didn't have any family. But see, we've got them all around us. Amen? I don't want the people I know. And you listen, you can't make anyone become a Christian. You're not supposed to make them become a Christian. But I believe you can salt the oats. I, I believe you can create a desire in them. There ought to be something in you. They ought to, we ought to have enough Jesus in you. They'd want to be like you. You can get them gathered up to do what you want to do, but what about the kingdom? What about the kingdom? Where, where does that fit in? We have plateaued. We've turned inwardly. We're more about what's in it for us. I've prayed. I said, Lord, there's surely a spirit hindering us here. And I, I found out what it is. It's God. He's holding it up because He's waiting on us to get a hungering and thirsting. Come on. We think everybody else is out of step, but it's sometimes it's us. And I'm not accusing you. I'm asking you. Have we not plateaued? Have we not turned inwardly? There's two groups. We can say this is really great. Let's enjoy it. And I think that's what we're doing. We ought to say this is great. We ought to get some more in on it. Listen, we have lost the fear of God. It's just easy. We're, we think we're saved. We're saved and satisfied. Listen, there is more to the kingdom of God. We read those stories and why is it happening in our lives? Why this and that? It's because we won't sell out to Jesus Christ. We're more concerned about the world, our flesh, than we are about enlarging His kingdom. Amen, Brother Gerald. 
at the barn. Where were your friends and family? It's not easy. Jesus said in John, follow me to two men and I'll make you fishers of men. He did that. Do you ever get that verse? God ever speak that verse to you? I've got it wrote down in my Bible where he spoke that to me one time. Here's another one. Truly I say to you, he who believes in me, who, who believes in Jesus, the works that I do, you will do. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Does that not say we're to do what he did? I promise you, you can't do it in your flesh. You cannot do it. Matthew 5 talks about this. It lays it out in such a way. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those that know how much they need God is what that verse needs. Listen, I need Him just as much today as I've ever needed Him in my life. And you do too. But see, we get to a place and people get to a certain age when we... I could use the retirement story again, and there's no retirement in Scripture. When we think we've come to a place where we've accomplished enough and maybe we're affluent enough, we can just do what we want to do. And it kind of sounds like to hell with everybody else. Why are we here? This young couple got married. They reproduced. We're to point other people to Jesus. We're to bring people to Jesus. Don't you want to have... Don't you, what, what was the great uh, evangelist in uh, Africa? Reinhard Bunke, thank you. Uh, he said, I want to be in heaven and watch Africa come in. Because he had won so many Africans. Don't you want to see your family complete in the Lord? Don't you want to see your, your friends? I've heard stories about a guy saying, and I've had it told on me. A guy we bought uh, bedding from. We'd buy a carload of bedding. They'd ship it in rice hulls. It was a salesman. And he knew uh, some people in western Oklahoma. And he named this guy. And I said, I didn't know he was a Christian. He laughed. He said, that's the same thing he said when I told him you were a Christian. What was David's biggest failure? King David, what was his biggest failure? We could say murder and adultery. What was his first mistake? Let me read part of that scripture, 2 Samuel. Then it happened in the spring at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. But David stayed at home. David failed to go to war. I tell you, you better stay in the battle. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed. He walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a beautiful woman bathing. You know the rest of the story. 
He didn't go to battle. Who's going to take your place? There's nobody can take your place in the kingdom of God as far as you're concerned. But he said, if you don't praise me, I'll raise up a rock that will. He'll get somebody to do it. He'll raise up a church in Skytook that'll fulfill the call that he wants. And we have got a call. The call is to enlarge the kingdom of God in Skytook. But the kingdom of God has got to be enlarged in each of us before it can be enlarged in Skytook. See, it, there's a difference in just knowing about God and trying to know God to be a, a person that wants to be obedient to the Word, that wants to... And you, you'll never grow in Christ without the Word of God. You'll never grow without prayer, without praying. But how, how do you rate your life? How do you rate your life? From 1 to 10, your Christian life, where, where are you in that? What number are you? It's so easy to become complacent. And listen, I've, I've done it so many times. I think I'd be, we'll say this is, see, there's a difference in the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I would say right here, okay, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And you know, before I know it, I've, I've drifted off over here. And I, I wasn't even aware of it till God makes you aware of it. He'll make you aware of it. It's easy to become complacent. Perhaps you get to a place in your life you're secure. Only security is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus Christ... Cry? Uh, curse the fig tree. There wasn't any figs on it. Where's the fruit? Where is the fruit of your life that says you're a Christian? Where is the fruit of that? It's got to be more than I go to church. That's one. But it's got to be more than that. You've got to be able to say, I know there was a time that I met Jesus Christ some way. You come into a relationship with Him. You were born again some, somehow. Mo most through a church service. Maybe a friend led you to Christ. Maybe just on your own you come to Christ. But you've got to have that time when you come to know Him. He cursed the fig tree because it wasn't producing what did Jesus say to the church in Ephesus? He bragged on it to start with, or he complimented them. But then he said, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. Anything is an idol that you put before Jesus. You can put what you want to do, your career, your family, whatever you put before him is an idol. And he'll eventually deal with you about that if you want to walk with him. I've been guilty of all of it. And I continue to ask the Lord, open my blinded eyes to things I don't see and understand of your ways. What did he say to the church of Laodicea? 
I wish you were hot or cold. He said, you're so lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I don't know what number you picked a while ago when you uh, judged yourself, but if it was long in the middle, you see where that gets you. I'm, someday we're going to stand before God and give an account. And I want to have... I'm, I'm not saved by works. I'm saved by Jesus Christ. But if you're saved, you ought to have some works. Amen. Where, where is it at? I'm telling you, we need to repent as a church. We can hardly get here on Sunday mornings. And some of you used to be faithful on Wednesday night. And you can think of a lot of people you think should be here this morning, hear this sermon. But you know what? God chose you to be here. And I was going to say to start, this was basically for the church, but you guessed God brought you today, so I'm glad you're here. But what's our purpose? See, it's easy to leave your first love. Everything else is more important. You want to sleep later. You want to do this or that. Come dragging in. And I understand there's emergencies. I understand there's things that change our schedules. But where's our heart? Do you have a heart to want to please God? What about presenting your body a living sacrifice? That's what Romans 12, 1 says. It says, don't be conformed to this stinking world. Now, I've added a little to that. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you'll know the difference between the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Don't you want to please Him? Don't you want to hear those words? It's interesting. That's the only one testimony I really heard out of the barn. Just like that. Of somebody where God really spoke about something. I know there was others, but that's the only one I've heard about. And that's way too many. That's not nearly enough. Excuse me, I said it backwards. We need to hear more of what God is saying. But one of the first things He'll probably say to you is, maybe it's something you need to change. Maybe it's something you need to correct. Maybe it's something you need to stop doing. So many Christians want to live so far, so close to the edge, they just hope they're saved, but they can still do whatever they want to do whenever they get away from church people and do it. Listen, I don't think they're going to show up in heaven that way. There's a lot of scripture about that. Steve Youngblood's said this, there's more hunger outside of the church than there is in the church. Because the church is too satisfied. Out there they know there's something, there's more for them. <clears throat> what is Jesus Christ doing in your life that he's not doing for your unsaved neighbor? I mean, he's providing them with food, clothing, etc. It's easy to get friends and family to show you, follow you if you want to have a party. But what about coming to the kingdom of Christ? Matthew 9:37. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out the workers into the harvest. I'm beseeching you for that this morning. If Jesus is your Lord, you ought to want to be a disciple. You ought to want to be a harvester. Galatians 5.24 says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In other words, it says, you have reckoned the old man dead, but you're saying, I'm alive in Christ. And he can do in and through me whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to. Can you say amen to that? If not, it's oh me. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, there's not enough difference in us in the world. 1 Peter 1.18 says, Remember, or knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb slaughtered, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. No man paid a price for you Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for all of us. But, you know, it's easy to forget. If I'm out swimming and I'm drowning and David pulls me out and I was taking my last breath and I just barely escaped, I'd say, David, save me. Let me tell you, he rescued me. You know, we talk about that in Christ, but it's easy to forget. Can you remember? I prayed this this week. I said, Lord, I remember how I felt towards you and how close you were when, I, when you filled me with your spirit. Am I at that, still at that place? See, we, it says you better gauge yourself, test yourself to be sure you're in the family of God. And we'll give an opportunity if you've never been born again this morning, you can be born again today if the Holy Spirit's drawn you. If not, whosoever will may be saved is what the Word of God says. But it's your choice. We do what we want to do. I go where I want to go. I watch what I want to go. I put my time in doing what I want to do. Just like you. Is it going to matter in eternity what you're doing? What about your hobbies? Is they going to, and hob, I'm not saying hobbies are bad. They're good. We all need other things. But is it going to make a difference in the kingdom of God? Good question. James says, but he gives greater grace Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Cleanse your hands. Be miserable. How long since you've mourned or cried out to God? Be Miserable, mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning, your joy into gloom. 
Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and He will exalt you. You remember the Gadarean demoniac? You remember a man that chains wouldn't hold and the people were all afraid of him? And just an encounter with Jesus and he got set free? And the people came, you know, the hogs all drowned. The people came and there was that man all clothed in his right mind and they were scared of him. They asked Jesus to leave. We can't handle this. I don't know if we're in a place like that or not. Somebody just stands up and screams and shouts. We think they're a fanatic. It's okay at ball games, horse shows, rodeos, but it's not in church. You're going to be surprised in heaven when one of those six-winged seraphims buzzes by you. And they're showing up. Angels are showing up like that in places too. But you know what? They, they, they ran Jesus off. They told him to leave. You know what the, the man said? Let me go with you. Let me go with you. He said, no. You go home and you tell your friends what the Lord's done for you. Why don't you go tell your friends what God's done for you? I'm too bashful. I'm going to tell you. He says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Oh. Anybody righteous in here? Come on, you're not shouting very loud. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Jesus cried, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. But we're seeking everything the world's got and hoping we've got enough to get us to heaven. Now, I'm telling you, some of you, need, you need to repent. You can come to the altar anytime. You need to say, God, you've created me and you have so blessed me. And I'm more interested in me and mine and what I want to do than I am your kingdom. We're more interested in everything we've got than your son that hung on the cross and died for us. That's true. See, that's what holds us up. It's you and I. Go home. To your friends, tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. How many of you got somebody you're really praying for to get saved? Lord, I agree with them. You want them all to come into the kingdom. You still, you never go to a funeral where everybody doesn't go to heaven. And it's, it's not going to be that way when, because there's a dividing of sheep and goats. But that's the mentality. Oh, God loves, God loves everybody. God blesses everybody. I want you to be blessed in every area of your life. And you will. And the more you put Jesus first, that's where that process goes. And it's a process. It's a process. You'll grow in it if you'll just take that stand. Now, 
If there's something in your life that you know is not pleasing to God, just come and deal with it. You can get someone to help you. Come deal with it. God didn't create hell for you. He created it for those that say no to him. That's what I keep praying for our country. God, you will now allow these elites of the world that think they can rule the world apart from you. They'll not do it. God will not have that. I, I pray it doesn't take disaster for America to turn to God. Obviously, it doesn't take that for us to repent today. You know, when 9-1-1 happened, a lot of churches filled up, particularly on the east and west coast. I didn't notice it much here. I'm telling you, we're complacent. We have lost the fear of God. We go do what we want to do. We make our plans. It says, don't say tomorrow I'm going to do this to the Lord willing. The Lord willing, we're going to go do it. It's not just me and you going doing what we want to do. He bought us with a price. He paid for us. I've told you, every horse I've ever bought, I'd say, look, you're mine. You're going to do what I want you to do. But God handles us in a different way. But Scripture said, for it's God that's working in you to will and work for His good pleasure. Not just yours. But we've made it all about pleasure and me and mine. And, oh, I'm tired. Come on. The generations before us could tell us what tired was because they worked. They worked. My dad, it's, we talk about a cold house. He said, son, you've never got up. Get you a drink of water out of the bucket and the dippers froze in it. Come on, we've had it pretty great. We've had it easy. And we've got more complacent. Do we not need a real revival in our hearts? I'm telling you, Rick Curry did all. He, he did his part. The Holy Spirit did his part. But I don't think we did all we should have done. I, I, I've said it this way. Lord, I, it's easy to get the barn ready. But am I ready? Am I ready for revival? Am I ready for you to do in me Anything you want to do, when you want to do it. See, when you make it all about you, you're an idol. You're putting yourself above God. You're more important than what He wants you to do. Let's just stand. Go ahead and start that music. What? Yeah. Pardon? I was sitting in Wednesday night service, and we were talking about how we were going to get the power of the Holy Spirit to show up. And it just came out of me. I said, "Fast and pray," you know. And but I didn't. I didn't try to organize it, so I did it myself. Now, when that experience happened, I'd been fasting for three days, and I need to read this.
The experience that God gave me doesn't make me more spiritual or a better Christian by any means. My spirit was hungry for a moving of God. I know and feel him in my spirit, but I wanted to hear him in this realm. I wanted to hear him here. I can assure you he showed up. But just like God, he did it on his own terms. He did it his own way. And he surprised me. I mean, he surprised me. Um, and it's just, it's, we have to make that move toward God first. If we make one step toward him, he'll take two toward us. And that's, that's what I had, but I, I couldn't let that go. <laughs> okay. Good. I intended for you to tell that part on the first, and I forgot it too. Listen, if you've never been born again, today's your day to come to Jesus. You have heard the gospel. When, when this life's over, and it doesn't make any difference, you could be the youngest or oldest one in here. We're going to stand before Jesus someday. Come, let him. He won't take anything away from you that's hurtful to you. He'll take away the things he take away from you. You'll be glad he did. Let me say it that way. We're all going to meet him and stand before him. If you need to come, if you know there's things in your life that aren't right, you know you're not hungering and thirsting after him, you need to come and say, God, do a fresh work in me this morning. That's our invitation. Church, we ought to all be down here crying out to God that we'd be the church he's called us to be. Ascension means ascending. You've been back to the cross. Remember that old rugged cross? That's where you were supposed to have died. But most of us just thought we got saved. Now when I die, I'll go to heaven. Meanwhile, I can do what I want to do. No, that means he bought you and paid for you with blood. His blood. Just come. Just come. Men, come. Make a stand, men. Make a stand. Let's make a difference in the kingdom of God. Lord, we cry out to you. You're right. Lord, we need you. Ladies, women, where's the fire of God in your life? Where's the fire of God? No, it's about you. You and your group. God's sick of it. He wants a church that belongs to Him. It's not my church. It's the Lord's. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. Come get a big drink of the Lord this morning. Come to the fountain. I love that there's a Facebook saying about the woman at, at the well. said, Jesus didn't come for a drink. He come after me. Listen, he came after you. He loves you. He wants you. He's got a plan and purpose just for you. No one can complete what he's called you to do.
as you go, you won't make disciples when it's all about you. Lord, open all of our hearts and eyes and ears to areas we're blinded in. Jesus, it's about you. Change us. Rearrange us. Shake us. Whatever it takes, Lord. That we be the church you've created us to be. Some of you, you've got people you know. And if you don't know how to witness to them, at least just invite them and bring them or set up a time. We'll get someone to help you talk to them about Jesus if you can. You tell them what God's doing in your life. If you're like me, most of mine was God showing me things I need to change. I promise you, He loves you. But you get more by dying to your way of life and letting Him do what He wants to do. Is there anybody hungry for Christ? Lord Jesus, fill us with your Spirit. Rend the heavens, Lord. Come down this day. You're chasing things that when you get them, you're going to still be empty. There's a need in mankind that only God and His Holy Spirit can fill, can give you that peace. When life's over, we want to hear God say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Is He going to say that over you? I pray He does. Man, you don't know the danger your family's in. And every move you make toward God, it changes things in your family. Men, don't underestimate your place. Lord, I exalt you. We'll pray for needs. Come let Jesus be Jesus today. You'll have the peace. Peace. His peace. There's not enough money to buy peace. You can go wherever you want to go and you come back and you're still. You might have had a good time, but you won't have His peace. We bless you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his Are you ready to stand before Christ today? What if you had to meet him today? I'd rather draw near to God than have God have to judge me and correct me. Come and say, God showed me how wrong I've been. I like testimony like that. During the worship, I was thinking of the, the scripture where it talked about Jesus sent out laborers for the harvest. And I was rolling that around in my head. And I said, who are the laborers? And the Lord said, you're one of them. So I repent for not being a laborer going out into the harvest. Someone else? I had some friends that were ministering back in Kentucky one time. And he asked at the end, what God do? He said this woman stood up and she said, God cleaned my plow. And it really needed cleaning. is in numbers um, I mean I have power when I'm at home by myself but when I get here I mean it's overwhelming so come to church it's it's important and also he told me never to give up there's many times that I've wanted to leave the devil wanted me out of this church but now I've, I've, I didn't give up and he's working on my brother in Missouri I have he, Hasn't gone to church in a long time, but God's working on him. So if I would have left and gave up, there's no telling what the enemy would have done. So I just want y'all to don't don't give up. Whatever it whatever it is, don't give up. We're blessed you're here and blessed your family's here with you today. Any other word this morning?
Several of us are going to the conference in Oklahoma City this week. If you want to go with us, let me know. You can go. That's why we're not having Wednesday night. We're going to be down there. We'll have a guest next Sunday. I pray we can get everybody gathered up and get them here. I pray you'll... Maybe you can find some of those that you tried to get to come. To come here. 